god. I suddenly felt a couple <laughs> of strong smacks on the side of my thigh nearest my husband. So I looked over and noticed that he was watching the screen and asked what. He looked at me and said, what? I said, you tapped me. What did you want? He said, I didn't tap you. I was puzzled and looked around to see who was messing with me, and there wasn't anyone close enough to tap me. Oh, my God. I shrugged it off and continued to watch the movie. Jackie, no, that's when you run. Ugh. today's episode of Holly Weird Paranormal will be one of great banter, great stories, and great frights, all coming from Bryce's voice. As you heard in the intro right there, we'll have a great listen of a very unusual and very spooky tale that is set at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, where one of our listeners tries to enjoy a movie set in Hollywood Forever, except that she has a little disruption from the other side. We also have a few stories where it is a true, true tale that our loved ones definitely come back to let us know that they're still around and they're still watching. And finally, another story that involves an old Spanish folklore tale of the lechuza or being who is a witch that is half woman, half owl. So let's gather around, friends, as we tune in to these listeners' tales. And if you're at work, make sure to pump up the volume on those headphones. And if you're at home, make sure that the doors are locked, that you're possibly sleeping with more than one nightlight on, and that your Himalayan salt lamp is nearby. Because we're going to get Holly Weird with part eight of our listeners' tales. Hey guys, it has been one hot minute and a very long pandemic, but Bryce and I are back. <laughs> oh, there was a pandemic? Oh, I didn't realize. Seemed like it lasted as long as a sneeze, but uh, yes. <laughs> reality, no, it lasted like, you know, the freaking plague, but here we are. Year long, two week shutdown. We're still fucking kicking. So <laughs> apparently it takes more than a global pandemic to take us down. Maybe if they close down... Starbucks, oh, then no world that would be the, that. yeah, exactly, exactly. Nope. I have a new neighbor who is the morning shift manager at a Starbucks. I have her on speed dial or on my text, <laughs> like one of my favorite people to text, like, which new drink should I try today? Yeah. She's like, oh, girl, I got you. <laughs> Very good. It's gotten to the point yes. where I go to the same Starbucks every single morning and I'm like, a local celebrity like is this what celebrity feels like i like stroll in they all know my name i get a very <laughs> simple order so it's like i don't ever have to wait anyway but like <laughs> order i like thank them give them my little tip and then like walk out and people always look at me like why did that guy get to like go straight to like because even though i order ahead online 
there's like clearly other people there who have also ordered ahead online and are like waiting and they mm-hmm. all just look at me I'm like I'm sorry I'm very important <laughs> so yeah if there was I can see that pandemic I, I can see survive. you walking into that Starbucks with your glasses yep. you know texting on your phone the yep. wind is blowing through your hair and your beard yep. stubble yep. you know you for some reason I still see you in chanclas I still see you walking in your sandals oh and so you've you, seen it then yeah <laughs> yeah definitely definitely girl I mean <laughs> yeah. you are definitely a spitting image of beauty right there do they put the little heart on you know the eye of Bryce do sometimes, they do that do they do some quirky sometimes they'll do like the label so then it's just like typed but because like it comes through my phone but like literally every single person that works there knows me and they always are like see you tomorrow and I'm like yeah why am I gonna I'm not gonna pretend like I'm not gonna pretend that I'm not gonna be here so <laughs> Okay. Well, guys, we're definitely not cutting back on our listeners' tales as we promised all of you guys on Instagram and on Facebook. You guys have submitted so many stories and recordings. I have some saved since the beginning of January. And we're just so excited to share them. And Bryce, not so much. I'm excited um, that people submit them. I am less excited to read them. And, of course, I gave Bryce a couple of juicy ones. Her, <laughs> some of our listeners request to have him read them and hear the fear inside his voice. And mm-hmm. and if you're on Patreon, then you're definitely going to see the fear in his face. So <laughs> no, Every time I'm like, I'm not going to get freaked out this time. No, yeah. that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Well, we have a couple from California oh. and one from Florida. We also have a recording. Um, some of them are very scary. Some of them are very funny, and some of them will probably make a will probably make us cry and your beard cry, Bryce. Good. And good. I hope you got your trend teacup next to you just yeah, so to catch your tears. tears. There you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. So, Bryce, ladies first. You want to take the first one away? I do want that. <laughs> Okay. Let's go right ahead. I'm going to turn on my light All so right. I don't this sit in the dark. Our friend, Jackie. Hi, Jackie. <laughs> Hi, Tammy and Bryce. I'm a new listener. Love that. And I've been binge listening to your podcast. I love the research you both do, which provides a great backstory and segue into paranormal activities. I realized that I cannot listen to your podcast while I work, while walking or driving, because I want to stop and research those topics highlighted in every episode. Don't worry, I still listen. I can't help myself. So I just keep a pad of paper and write down all the topics I want to research in my free time. I love that. Get it, research. Mm-hmm. I was just listening to your interview with the disappointed goddess and the part about the Paramount lot neighboring the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Yes. This triggered a memory of an experience I had at this cemetery. I have never shared this story with anyone but my husband. Oh, my God. Fresh tea. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to share my experience. The only request I have is that Bryce reads this shady. That's shady. <laughs> if it's read on the podcast, don't worry, it's not too creepy. Here it goes. Also, I feel like if you have to say it's not too creepy, it's gonna be creepy. If you could be creeped out by a hundred one Dalmatians, Bryce, then yes, I on. can be. Come on, I'm I creeped mean, out yeah. that Glenn Close could be that talented. Yeah, <laughs> not normal. Okay, uh, here it goes. A few years ago, my husband bought us tickets to watch Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, one of my most favorite Hitchcock movies. Excellent choice. 
at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. When we were finally able to drive in and park, we walked to the event area, which was a green space that was in front of Hitchcock's tombstone. It was super cool. That is super cool. We explored the cemetery before and had never seen his tombstone, so I was really excited. The setup was pretty elaborate, as the cemetery had some vendors to enhance the ambiance, uh, which included fog machines. Oh my god, at least I believe they had fog machines. <laughs> Real fog. It was, was a graveyard. Yeah, like, oh god. We finally settled in <laughs> with dozens of others on the grass and placed our ice chest between our beach chairs and enjoyed our wine and dinner. That's so cute. As we sat there, I noticed buildings next to the space where we were sitting and asked my husband what the building was, and he said that it was the Paramount Studios. Oh, wow. I thought, it's huge. It is. Paramount Law is massive. It is. Um, so, the movie started, and I remember thinking, gosh, it gets really dark around here. Not much lighting. As we were watching the movie, I suddenly felt... Oh, God. I suddenly felt a couple <laughs> of strong smacks on the side of my thigh nearest my husband. So, I looked over... And noticed that he was watching the screen and asked, what? He looked at me and said, what? I said, you tapped me. What did you want? He said, I didn't tap you. I was puzzled and looked around to see who was messing with me. And there wasn't anyone close enough to tap me. Oh, my God. I shrugged it off and continued to watch the movie. Jackie, no, that's when you run. Ugh. <laughs> Again, I felt stronger smacks. That felt more like hits on my same thigh. And I said to my husband, what do you want? He said, what? I said, why do you keep hitting me on my leg? He said, I haven't touched you. Oh. I looked oh, down yeah. and saw that the ice chest was still between us. And noticed that he would have had to lean over quite a bit to tap me. Then looked to see if there was someone messing with me. And everyone was into the movie. Oh no, Jackie. Then I thought, oh, wait, I'm at the cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> what a pure thought. Oh, wait, I'm at the cemetery. That is <laughs> filled with spirits and next to a really old movie studio. I began assessing and felt like the smacks were heavy and hurried, almost as if someone wanted to quickly show me something. Oh, God. I thought, who is buried under me? How have you not run yet? Okay. While I sat there a little while longer until the movie ended. Okay, sure. I was extremely uneasy as I was not sure what would happen next. I kept looking around to see if I spotted anything or anyone. I was thankful at the time that nothing further happened. I, oh God, Jackie. I also attached a picture of where we were sitting, which has a purple dot. As you can see, the spot is surrounded by grave sites and the neighbor, the neighboring studios. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. I've never gone back since, but I do plan to return and do some investigating in that area, especially now that I know that the Paramount Studios is haunted. That makes me even more curious. I think if you do any ghost hunts, I think it would be it should be the nearest wall between the cemetery and the studio. I bet there will be a lot of activity. That is my story, and I hope it wasn't too badly written. No, it was just super creepy. I'll send an update on my next trip to the cemetery with pictures. Keep up the great work. Love, and always, Jackie. I added that part. It's just from Jackie. <laughs> oh, God, that is so creepy, and why did you not run? 
I know. It's just like when you're in that moment, you're just processing it. You know, you're just like, wait, did that just really happen? You're just going over certain scenarios in your head, you know, and that's how I am when I, when I investigate, when I see something that does not look normal and I'm like processing it and processing it. And I'm like the biggest skeptic when it happens to me and it's like, I'm not reacting. Yeah. Um, but you know, some people are just like, you know, flight, uh, what is it? Uh, fight or flight, fr- oh, right. uh, faint or frozen. You're, I think three out of those four, Bryce, you're yeah. flight, well, faint. If you remember, <laughs> I think it's like our Freeze, first episode faint and where, um, mm-hmm. where we talk about like our paranormal experiences and that exact feeling like what you're talking about, where it's like your brain moving through molasses, trying to like process what's happening, but it can't like, keep up and yes eventually in my first one of many ghost stories I did I did eventually run but I was frozen (laughs) for like such a large amount of that time and then it like shook me out of it and I was like oh it's time to run and ironically (laughs) I I remember you were shuffling yeah I was up so yeah (laughs) Yeah. no I actually picked them up and ran yeah it was great Yeah, he would have <laughs> he would have pulled like a Spanish mother move by just throwing or hitting whatever you saw with a chunkla. That would have been uh, classic. Yep. <laughs> so um what I found out, here's a little trivia too, and for everyone that's paying attention and listening, and I felt bad after I found this out too, because I really thought that um that Hitchcock was buried at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. You do see a headstone that says Hitchcock and you assume because it's the Hollywood Forever that it's him. So apparently it's not, it's not him actually. And I researched this, that Alfred um, Hitchcock was cremated. And that is a different Hitchcock, unfortunately. Uh, but a lot of tour guides who are not well educated when they give two little tours around Hollywood Forever, you know, they just kind of don't add that into their whole monologue there. So enough people are like creating energy there. I mean, it could be because it's constantly, uh, it's always being visited. I mean, there's even yoga that is done. Over, I did yoga there. I will admit, there's- yes. There is nowhere that LA <laughs> residents will not do yoga. Of course, there is yoga in this cemetery. They just uh, need to add a juice bar and we'll be fine. So of course, there's <laughs> yoga. I love that. Yeah, so we did yoga kind of across from where his stone is. Mm. And it's actually really tranquil and it's very beautiful. It was really early. Um, I think it was, they do um, early morning yoga, I think Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 8 a.m. And it's really, really nice. But yes, I mean, when you're in vin- uh, in the vinyasa pose, and I think it's vinyasa, when you're, you're in the corpse pose, oh, <laughs> no well, pun intended, yes. Sure. Um, you know, and you're meditating, you know, mm-hmm. Lord knows what, you know, those people are also, you know, conjuring up unexpectedly. Totally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm sure like something or, or someone was attracted to her and of the other world. And I'm sure they wanted to make their presence known. And they certainly did. And anyone else that wants to know about ghost stories in reference to Hollywood forever, it's very rare that I hear anything that comes out of that cemetery related to the paranormal. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a Carrie Bible 
I think that's her name, her first name, last name, definitely Bible, but she is the Hollywood Forever historian. Oh, and wow. she is the one that um, dresses up every year as the woman in black and puts the rose on Valentino's grave. So she is the one that portrays that character every year. And I remember her on Bridget's podcast, oh, wow. I think a year or two ago, where Bridget was like, well, is it haunted? She's like, no, like, I haven't felt or seen anything whoa yeah so it's it's very interesting yeah but i mean it all depends on the person if they're really open the viewer yeah yeah and it also depends and this is something that i've like also realized you know you're going to get what you're looking for so if that's what you're looking for then i'm sure that that's what you're going to get eventually but this story was really, really cool. I'm glad that Jackie wrote, uh, like, typed it and sent it in to us because it, it's very rare that we get stories in relation to Hollywood forever. And it's really cool that she went through this experience. I'd be and, really interested to see what her experience is if she does end up going back. Like, if she experiences mm-hmm. something different or if, like, that same energy revisits her or – I don't know. It's so interesting. Yeah, I never feel anything bad there, but you can imagine, like, they don't not only do Senespia, they have um, Dia de los Muertos, they do that for a couple of days, they have concerts, they have other festivals, they do yoga, I mean, there's so much that happens there. I was really looking into being buried in Hollywood forever because if I pass, I want to be, like, in a haunted graveyard, you know, in my next life, like, partying it up and watching old films (laughs) in my like it's amazing or being you know right across from anton you know yelchin like hey hey anton i know if you ever go guys you definitely see his grave is so heartbreaking so beautiful it it is a really wonderful place to visit it's a must see when you come to los angeles this hollywood forever it is very very beautiful and just take an afternoon walk around see what uh, beautiful area of la regardless and you definitely get a good view of the Hollywood sign. It's really yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So we have another story here. And I'm going to open this up real quick. This is from Monica Morado. <laughs> and this one I really love because it's folklore. And it it's a story within a story within a story. And we'll, we'll go into it. This is going to be a bit of a rant later. But just okay. hear us out. But it's a really good story. And it involves... The folklore, the Spanish folklore of Lechuzas, which is um, a folklore character in the Spanish culture of a being that is half woman, half owl. Ooh, yeah. I love owls. Yes. Well, this one you're not going to like. Okay, that <laughs> so, makes sense. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, hey, y'all. My name is Monica Morado. I'm from Dallas, Texas, and I wanted to say that I'm a huge fan of y'all's. I have three paranormal experiences, the last one being the most terrifying one. So I come from a very superstitious Hispanic household. From the time I was a little girl, I've always heard stories about lechuzas. Lechuzas are believed to be witches who take babies who aren't baptized. And there's also stories about them predicting when someone is going to get sick. Depends what part of Mexico you're from. I have always been afraid of them and never had experience anything due to me being baptized. My first experience with one was six years ago when my niece was either two or three months old. I remember she was very fussy and we fed her and changed her. Nothing worked. She continued to be very fussy. And at one point my mom said, it's probably Lechuza. We laughed because we didn't believe it. Hmm. So we heard dogs barking. And I remember that I opened the front door and a huge white owl 
came out from one of the trees and we got goosebumps because my mom said that it was a lechuza. Now, I remember the night I had a little bottle of holy water and I, I formed crosses on all form four corners of the house. Flash forward to 2019, I had my daughter and I was prepared. I had open scissors taped to the window and Cruz de Palma, which is a, a cross um, and palm leaves on doors. So around the time my daughter was born, it was summer and we were living in Texas. I remember our AC had broke down, so we had to buy a window AC. I was nervous because I took down the cross and scissors off from the windows. I remember I was feeding my baby around 2.33 a.m. in the morning, and I remember seeing the AC wobbling, like as if someone was on the other side trying to get in. No. I froze. I tried waking my husband, but I couldn't speak when I gained the strength to wake my husband to check no one or nothing was outside the window. The next morning, I texted the manager to let her know about the situation, and she told me that maintenance crew were the only ones who had the keys to get in the back part of the complex. Since then, I haven't heard anything happening around my daughter until I had my son in 2020. My in-laws were in town visiting. I remember one night I had trouble sleeping. I left the door cracked open and I had seen what looked like my mother-in-law go into the kitchen, but I never saw her walk back to the guest room. I got worried, got up, peeked out, and she wasn't there. No. I freaked out. And in the morning, I had asked her if she got up and she said no. no. I told her what happened. <laughs> and we both got goosebumps and blessed the house. A couple of days after I had finally, I finally had my baby. I remember I was trying to go to sleep, but was listening to the baby in case he woke up. As if I was, as if I was falling asleep, I heard two women say, "Nos vamos a llevar al niño. We're going to take the baby." I couldn't open my eyes, but I felt raged as I was trying to wake up. I remember shouting out, "No se lo van a llevar," meaning I'm, you're not going to take them. And that's when I woke up, but I felt so sick to my stomach. I checked on my baby. He was asleep peacefully, looked at the time. It was 3.30 a.m. Uh. I didn't I didn't sleep that night. The next morning, I told my family what happened, and they told me that they didn't hear me. At that time, I lived in a two-story apartment building. My window was out looking the street and parking lot. I really don't know. If I was a, if I was sleep deprived, or maybe someone passed by around that time. So, this was a very interesting story, and when you know we talked about legends before, yeah. so we're going to kind of dissect her story because it's very very interesting um, when it comes to folklore, especially mm -hmm. um, in Spanish culture. There's a reason, especially in many countries mm. and in Mexico, why these folklores happen. And, you know, based on my analysis and research, um, her version of the lechuzas was predominantly the main one that dates back many, many centuries ago when Spaniard colonizers arrived to Mexico with the Christian faith and they instilled the natives with their beliefs by using fear. Mm. So the native tribes that, you know, many, many centuries ago were inhabiting Mexico, originally inhabited Mexico with the belief in spirituality and had beautiful connections and communications with the earth and animals. And one of those animals definitely being white owls, which were their major, major source of elements right there. 
white owls in a lot of Native American beliefs, uh, you know, are animals who symbolize knowledge and wisdom. What kind of like puzzled me with this folklore is that even though the colonizers were coming in and instilling their beliefs into mm. these native, native tribes, in the Bible, it's described that animals such as the white owl represented knowledge and prosperity. Mm. And so the Spaniards created these stories of the lechuzas as creatures who come to take children who haven't been baptized in the Christian or Catholic faith. Yeah, that's so interesting that it's like a weird, meaning, it's like a yes. So meaning, if you don't believe in Jesus, then you'll suffer the consequences of your own belief systems. Sure. And this led the Native Americans, in my research, it led them to abandon their relationship, not only with the earth and the elements, but also with the animals. So white owls in Mexico is like now what black cats are to the U.S. And it was believed that if you had a black cat here in the U.S., that you were a witch who danced with the devil. You know what I mean? So... I feel that, and I've heard many different types of versions of the lechuza, that, that the lechuza was uh, a woman who lost a child to a drunk driver. And if you're a male and drinking, you're going to get in your car, the lechuza is going to get you. That's another version that I've heard. So it kind of gets watered down within time. Sure. But, you know, there's also that saying when you give something power, a name or something power, that's what you're going to get back is that fear and the power of what you're giving of that element or that object. And for her to believe in this folklore that this lechuza is going to get her baby because it wasn't baptized. Ooh. I mean, what if you're Jewish and living in <laughs> Mexico? Right. You know, what if you were different of a different faith that, you know, doesn't, you know, have baptisms performed you know think of that my response to her was i feel that what happened is is somewhat paranormal but not in the way you think in my personal opinion you know the white owl that you and your mother witnessed in the very beginning may have been a spirit guide you know those can be elements of an ancestor or your personal yeah. spirit guide coming in to say, Hey, I'm going to watch over you. I don't think it was anything negative. Um, the AC moving along by itself, seeing your mother-in-law could be something else that is around you and the apartment. Sometimes yeah, it's not just mother yeah. going into the kitchen. That is actually creepier because it's like a manifestation of a body as opposed to like, yeah, some kind of spirit or animal or oof. And that whole, I think the of hearing, I'm I'm going to take your child. Um, it could have been a dream. It really could have been something that she possibly could have been hallucinating. I told her, look, your mother for the second, the first second time, you're sleep deprived. Yeah. You want to know the scariest thing in the story? This her entire story is not lechuzas. It's being a mother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it 100%. really is. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Like when my sister and I told her, like when my older sister had her first child, she was a wreck, you know, and then it got and for some reason it was worse when she had her second one. She's one to be very like overprotected and everything. Like I remember like when we would try to visit them, I sneezed in front of them. <laughs> and she was like, Wait, are you are you sick? I'm like, No, I just it's the pollen like, oh okay because if you're sick i don't want you or anywhere around the kids i'm like uh -huh. noted, noted. <laughs> no. um then she has in-laws staying with her there's all this stress and sleep deprivation 
yeah. that of course she's not gonna, she's, she's gonna hallucinate. And I told her, I think you do embody some sort of sensitivity where you are, I feel like something's trying to communicate with you. I don't think it's Lechuzas. So she then proceeds to tell me other experiences that she had. And I'm like, well, there you go. Sometimes it's a calling. Sometimes it's like your, your guides or whoever is knocking on your door is whether or not you want to keep that door closed or you want to open it and yeah. And see what your third eye can see. So what uh, is she taking like any kind of precautions? Is she just looking to like explore what she's experiencing? Like, where did you leave off with her? You know, I just went ahead and I just told her, you know, be a little more, I guess, not cautious, but just be a little more open of the things that are going around you and question them from a logistical standpoint. Being a mother is, is I know it's very stressful and it's, it's going to make you feel very tired and overprotected, you know, worst case scenario. (laughs) I even asked her, I'm like, do you have like reoccurring thoughts? Are you like, like myself where I suffer from OCD, um, intrusive thoughts? Like are these thoughts that are constantly going on in your head where it's like the worst case scenario. And she said that she sometimes has them. You know, I told her, you know, when things like this happen, keep a journal of it. Yeah. Keep a log of it. Question what you what you're feeling, how you're feeling. Is it because you got a lack of sleep? Is right. it because of medication that you're taking? Um, is it because you know are you under a certain amount of stress? Yeah. And and log that all down. And you know she just you know when she starts sharing with me other stories about, um, I think there's one that she was sharing about a friend who died in oh, a wow. car accident and how he somehow like communicated to her from beyond. I was like, then that explains so much to me now right. that you have a sense of like you have a sensitivity. She's clearly sensitive. Like, yeah. Yeah. So to me, like. I love getting these types of stories because I feel like we just don't know what's going around our environment. And it sometimes has to do with the environment and other times it could be us, you know, that we're sensing and feeling things that not a lot of people do feel and sense around them. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She follows up with me every now and then, you know, she's a little more, she's a little more aware um, she's a little more accepting that she is sensitive and she's also, you know, more knowledgeable now of the folklore of the Lechuzas. Yeah. But I mean, it's kind of like how the urban legends are here. If you think about it, remember like um, the couple, the one fo- the urban legend of um, the couple that goes to the lover's lane and they make out and then, then, then they hear like the sound of something screeching on the side of their door. They get scared and then they get home. They see the hook on the side of the door oh, and it was supposed yeah. to be, yeah, it was supposed to be like a cautionary tale of teenagers are not supposed to have, you know, on marital sex. So, Ugh. and I feel like this is why, you know, we have a lot of these types of folklores cool. around because they derive from something. Yeah. And like you had mentioned so much of it too, is like the, especially here in Southern California is like the blending of like spiritualism from the old world with like Christianity as the, you know, the uh, Camino up the coast started growing and churches started popping up and all the little Pueblos and like those, they, they had a hard time eradicating native religion. So they just kind of merged it into Catholicism and it kind of became this like 
special hybrid that's like really unique to this area. So some of those sort of stories kind of persisted in through the Catholic, the Catholic influence. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Gotta love the missionaries, man. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. I've heard so many stories, yeah. especially one being in India and Hinduism. There's a lot of them there trying to convert people who are like following Hinduism. They're trying to convert them to Christianity. And I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, that's yeah. it's just me. I don't know how I feel about that. As someone who's been on a lot of missions trips, let me tell you that I have a lot of white guilt over it. So <laughs> that's pretty great. Seems pretty problematic. <laughs> I don't know. Something Thank about you, like Monica so much for that story. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. So so sweet. And congratulations on your baby. I know. I told her, I told her you're gonna be you're you already sound like a badass mom. Like Look, you, you sound in 2020. Yeah. Not just one but two i was like Second girl one. you have two. i know you have a you have a boy and a girl and i mean like do what you want to do but no matter what like based on the story i told her scariest thing seems like his motherhood but one of the best things that came out of the story is your children and that you are a badass mom that will cut a lechuza yeah. all right you would cut a bitch but you would also cut a lechuza so there yeah. we go That's mm-hmm. well it looks like you have another story to share yes i do uh yes this is from Nathan. Hi, Nathan. Um, also, Nathan got married. Oh, my God. So crazy. I know. Congratulations, girl. We are so Just, happy for I you. Know. It's important to remember that good things still happen, and Nathan getting married is a good thing. Um, also, yeah, he did put in the subject line, there is, like, a light trigger warning. So just be aware of that, friends. Hey, boo, hey. Nathan here. Hey. I know it's been a hot minute since I emailed in. Life's been nuts. Uh, newlyweds. But I figured <laughs> since I've gotten to know you over the oh, gotten to know you two over the past year, I decided to share a story that kind of jump started my obsession with the strange and the unusual. Now this goes back to my junior year in high school around 0405. My boyfriend at the time was a pagan and his sister had her coven going on. So fast forward a few months after he and I had been dating, we went to watch a new corn DVD. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> early 2000 sentence I've ever read. Oh, or did you ever have like that one, you know, non-used now like uh, email address, like freak on a leash 83 at yahoo.com or <laughs> <laughs> yep, Corn that, lover with a capital K. <laughs> three, my two, AI, three. At AOL. name was Junior Wild Boy, B O I. And there's what? a story behind that. But I, honestly, it it is like jailbait. Like, I do not know how I did not get, like, <laughs> a lot of creepy old people trying to sexually harass me. Like, thank God. I think I just was that sheltered. But, like, growing up, I was like, why is that your AIM screening? Like Junior Wild Boy with an I? No. <laughs> yeah. So, Corn DVDs, very here for that. We went to watch the new Corn DVD at his sister's house. The night was just like any other night. Side note, I'm not a fan of Ouija boards, nor am I. <laughs> we get along so well. <laughs> no Ouija boards, thank you. Uh, mm-hmm. Xander decides to participate in a Ouija session session, excuse me, with the few people who were there in a separate room. 
So I'm like maybe 30 minutes into the DVD and Xander starts yelling like this, like, no, this is bullshit. Don't joke like that. And then in a fit of rage, the board goes into the fireplace and we head back to my house. Side note, that would not technically be considered closing the session, correct? If you destroy the board, but you've left the session open, would it still be open? Yeah, if you left the session open, you left something open, and if you burned the board, then you're kind of screwed. Yeah, that's just um, a recipe for some bad spiritual disaster. So destroying the board does not necessarily close the session, is that right? No, it just really intensifies. It messes everything up. Like, it just causes things to intensify, meaning it's going to be a lot harder to close whatever you had open. And that yep. there's a good reason why boards like this should never be sold in toy stores no. or any sort of novelty store. And if so, they should be something of great metaphysical use from someone who knows yeah. how to open and close sessions. I'm not big on the board. I believe in it. I believe in its history. Mm. You know, the history that you know the board. But I've been in a couple of um, investigations and seances where people knew how to open and close a session properly. Patty Negri is a really good example because she, I know we love her Hollywood witch. I was so fortunate to be part of a session with her at the David Omen house. And I mean, her her way of opening and closing the circle, protecting the circle was just amazing and you know people were like well weren't you afraid of something following you i'm like no because i i trusted who was coordinating everything well, which in was the Patty. Hands of an expert it's a tool but exactly. in the hands of, like someone who doesn't know what they're doing it's like a weapon Ugh. so don't but, throw fire. got it <laughs> just don't throw fire also just don't start fires <laughs> there we go all right back to the story this horrifying story no uh, so, just to recap, and in a fit of rage, the board goes into the fireplace, and we head back to my house. Let me set this up. A country back road, no lights, but from the car. I literally can picture this so deeply. Scanning the side to make sure no deer jump in front of your car. Exactly. I'm scared. I've never seen him like that before, so I just started chatting about random stuff to see if I can calm him down. The next thing I remember, the wheel... Oh, my God. The windshield has spiderweb, just cracked, not shattered. I look over to him, and he's got a cut across his throat just deep enough to bleed, and I had a seatbelt bruise. I asked him what happened, and he said he saw something on the road and swerved to dodge it. I The following week was just like a cloud of bad. His dad was hospitalized with respiratory issues, and both of our houses started having odd activity from doors, cabinets and windows being opened, Voices from odd spots, static cold spots, knocks, slams, screams, and growls. Oh, my God. So when the following Saturday rolled around, the wreck had happened the previous Sunday. We decided to go out and have dinner and watch a movie. Got it. Sorry. Uh, This was the last time that I got to speak to him. Oh, Nathan, no. Um, That morning, I had an odd gut feeling that something was off. So around lunchtime, I drove over to hang out for the day and as I turned onto his street, I could see the EMT lights and my cell began to ring. Mm. It was his mother texting me. He had taken his life a few hours before she had woken up. It is still hard to talk about, so I'm not going into detail. I'm so sorry. That is that's so sad. I know. Mm. Don't do it, friends. Um, a note was never found, if there was one. 
The night after the funeral, I was home alone out on my patio, stress smoking. I know I was 17 and that's not a good thing to do, but hell, it's how I was coping. Get it, girl. Um, that's when I actually smelled his Tommy cologne with a hint of those damn camels that he smoked. I still have his rosary that he used to wear, which is one hell of a trigger object. From then on, I became obsessed with the paranormal. I want to know what's behind the veil, scary or not. Thank you both for the pod and giving us weirdos an outlet and a community to share these experiences and not be ridiculed or made fun of. Love you both, Nathan. Nathan, thank you. I'm so sorry. No, it's a question that popped up in my mind, and I'm sure mm-hmm. some people like to believe it was the board. It was the board. And I was a part of a really interesting clubhouse discussion. Clubhouse is an app where you can join these audio-based groups with yeah. you know, interesting people. And I was a part of a really beautiful discussion with Zachariah the Witch and famed parapsychologist Kieran O'Keefe, who you probably mm-hmm. see in a Most Haunted and other shows. Yeah. And we were doing a discussion on people who had experienced or had not so great experiences with the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And there's this one girl who contacted them, who got on, involved in the discussion, and she felt she carried it was so, oh God, it was so emotional um but it was so enlightening because it gave her closure but long story short she had played with the board when she was very young in high school she felt because she played with something that was so negative um, that it caused the death of a family member because after she was done playing with the board i think an uncle of hers passed and she felt that it was because of the board you know zachary picking up on her energy and everything. He's like, no, it's not because of the board. It's because, you know, things like this happen, you know, and that are out of our control. And it's this whole thing of like, well, if you carry a hammer, then the only things that you're going to look for are just the nails. And she felt this horrendous guilt that by using the board, she caused the death of her uncle, which she ends up, you know, realizing, you know, within time, that I think it was something. I think it was something internal that he was mm-hmm. battling with for many, many years. I think she had definitely a breakthrough through noticing and realizing that she wasn't the cause of that. So, like for Nathan that might be listening, like I don't want you to think that loved one that passed was something you know due to the board. It could have been a lot of other things. Don't think it had anything to do with something super negative. Yeah. But sometimes you know our time, when our time's up, our time is up. But that's so wonderful that he came back in the way that he did to let you know that he was there and that he was around. For the other things that he was experiencing, Mm. that could have been a lot of things. You're 17. You're going through a lot of shit. Totally. You remember the things that you were going through in 17? (laughs) I tried not to. In fact, yes. I know. All I have to say say is thank God for Drama Club. That's all I have to say. Thank God for Drama Club. (laughs) But, you know, that's such a tough year for so many because you're stressed, you're in school, you're trying to look for colleges, you're trying to figure out what's going to happen after high school. A friend of mine from high school, actually, ironically, recently died. And I don't know why he died, but I've been thinking about death a lot because it's the first person in a long time that I've known of my age that's died. Mm And from such an innocent time, I actually had a very positive high school experience. I know that's maybe not very common for a lot of people, but I was, I don't know, I got very lucky, I guess. So it's like this very, and like, of course, this person that died, he was 
the nicest, sweetest, kindest person in a very positive experience. So when I found out that he died, I almost felt like robbed in a way because like people that are that nice shouldn't die. Like people that are that good shouldn't die. Um, which obviously is not how the world works, unfortunately. So as far as the paranormal, no, I don't, you know, I can't say, I don't know enough about it, but I do know that like suicide is just never, ever, ever, ever the answer as cliche as that sounds um you know but if anyone is listening and ever thinks that the world would be better if you are not in it that is not true the world will not be better it will only be emptier and i've just been feeling such a sense of like emptiness um after my friend died and he did not kill himself as far as i know um but it's just still such a loss. Like I just feel this deep loss of his goodness and his kindness. And, um, that is the case for everyone. Um, the world does need you. This community, you know, Nathan mentioned it, like this community needs you. Um, it's just never the answer, you know? So I know that's not really a paranormal and we're certainly not a psychology podcast and I'm certainly not qualified to diagnose or deal with anyone's psychological issues i certainly have all you know we all have our own issues going on but the one thing i know for sure is that it's just it really isn't the path and there's so much to stay around for you know there's so much to stick around for um sorry i'm not trying to be super preachy no i guess you could say that people you know people have their own personal demons totally and we've even talked about this before that they come in a form of you know depression or anxiety and everything you know it's described if you go back to the writings or the teachings of socrates you know he had his own personal demon to deal with and this world would be emptier without you guys if you do feel that way if you feel like you're alone or if you feel like you just want to end it no, there's so many people who care and want to help and want to make sure that they see you move on Yeah. in this life, in the living it's, world. Yes. Yeah, but it is so sweet that he was able to, like, smell the cologne. I love I love that it's Tommy cologne. That's the second most. I, thing. You just know when it's Tommy. I you know just, what it smells like. Uh-huh. <laughs> you just, you know, all of a sudden hear like nelly playing in the yeah, background really you, you yeah. get the like you know the <laughs> tommy hilfiger crossed uh flag That's shirts whatever double layered i know collar polo the pop collar everything i had a friend that kept tommy cologne in his truck like that house yeah that's how good for he was you know absolutely <laughs> so. absolutely mm-hmm. he kept it in his truck mm-hmm. and like yeah. that's kind of gross because <laughs> it's very hot and it just doesn't that would not go well with this, like, alone. Yeah, sun. and just, you know, we didn't shower in the 2000s. Um, <laughs> that's a little known fact. We just covered ourselves in Tommy. So everyone's... And Tommy or CK1. <laughs> Juicy. Yeah. Juicy or CK1. I was more of a Calvin Klein girl than a Tommy girl. Yeah. I have gone through all the bad cologne 
fragrances. I've done them all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nathan, always such a pleasure to get your stories. Yeah. And we, you know, are always here for you. He always messages us and so I always st- love reading his messages. Me too. Yeah. Something's going on. Something else is going on in, in Florida. He was messaging me about, and if you guys can help him figure it out too, but um, people are going missing in Florida and being found dead. It's really crazy. He's been updating me on the news and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I, I mean, it's Florida for one. Right. Florida. Something is up. Like it's a lot of people around his area that are just, yeah, that are just ending up missing and then they're being found dead, which is really freaking scary. Here we are. Armchair experts trying to figure it out what it is. Right. Yes. All right. So this one's from Ruben Laura. Hey, ghost woman. I wanted to tell you a story that to this day I'm still confused about. A year after my mother passed away, my dad and I were driving back home from a 7-Eleven and on the way home, we were talking about the loss of my mother Mm. and how it must have affected my brother. And he had seen her collapse before she died. So we were talking about just how much he must be hurting since he keeps a lot to himself. Then on the way home, just right before parking on the curb, we started noticing a scent of roses that wasn't there when mm. we had first gotten into the car. We both noted the smell, and uh, but had not said anything to each other. Until we parked, that's when I asked my dad if he could smell it too. He said yes, but that he wasn't sure about asking me first since he thought that maybe it was something explainable. Mm. However, it wasn't. There was nothing wrong scented in the car plus after we got out of the car we were still smelling the scent now it was outside though like right above my head almost like a bubble of scent wrapped uh, around my head or like if it's diffusing from just above my head it was so strong almost perfumish but then it just suddenly dissipated just as fast as it had shown up this happened another time as well I was leaving home, and when I walked right through the front doorway, the same scent hit me. But this time, like if it was coming from right outside the front doorway. And to my right is where it seemed to be coming from. But but it also quickly vanished. Hmm. Have you ever heard something like this? The front yard had roses, but they weren't in full bloom since they were dying. I went to smell those roses, but that did not smell as strong as the phantom smell. So it definitely wasn't that. Since then, it hasn't happened again. So random. Yes, I believe that, you know, certain people have the gift of smelling. You know, there is like, that's one of the Claire's, I think it's Claire's saline where you can smell. And I had that too when I was in New Orleans and I had that, uh, I did a haunted tour around a house and I was smelling what what smelled like, I think it was lilac or lavender. And I thought someone left a diffuser on or something. (laughs) And then I was told after the tour, oh, yes, that is something that is kind of common with people. They smell the scent of um, this uh, former owner's perfume. When you smell it, you know that she's around. So I was like, got you. I think for Ruben, I told him, I think it could have been like a loved one coming back to let you know that they're there. Because that that scent was so strong. I wonder if someone wore rose-scented perfume. Yeah, so I'm wondering if that could have been, you know, his mother. Um, but I I mean, then again, you know, our loved ones, like I said, they always like to come back and like to let you know that they're around in certain ways. Yeah. So it could be. But he said that since then it hasn't happened. But I'm sure she was checking up on 
him and his family, yeah. make sure that they're okay. Maybe it could be comforting. Um, just as long as he's not smelling anything that smells sour or putrid, then we're all good in the hood. So <laughs> that was, you know, one of his stories. Um, another one that he sent me, this is a pretty interesting one too. And this one also takes place in Mexico. Here's another ghostly experience. One time when I went to TJ or Tijuana with my family, we went to Pentium. Trader, Trader, Trader Hostess. What? Mm. That's weird. City, city of Aventura. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we went to the Pantheon um, Cemetery Number Two to pay respects to family we have buried there. When you step into the cemetery lot, you start to kind of get the creeps if you're sensitive, like I am. The place is filled with a lot of burial plots that are in dis disarray and littered with trash, which gives it an even spookier vibe to the place and debris from trees leaves etc i used to love walking around by myself just looking at the sights and atmosphere although i never strayed too far from my family as i walked around the lot i noticed a grave that had a headstone with a glass display inside of it it had a small lock if i remember correctly but the glass was cracked behind the glass was something that looked like a trophy or a vase when i seen through the glass was a crack i thought to myself mm. that anyone could steal it away since the glass was cracked as i mentioned after i thought that i swear i heard an angry disembodied type of groan or moan coming from directly in front of me Whoa. i was at the foot of the grave when i thought of this to myself so the sound was directly in front of me the thing is there is no one near me let alone in front of me so as soon as i heard this i knew right away that the person buried here didn't like that um that thought that i had Although I wasn't going to take it myself. After that, I walked around some more and my cousin of mine, uh, uh, with a cousin of mine, as we walked past an area of the cemetery, we heard a cat's meow. It, it sounded like it was coming from our left side, but we couldn't see a cat anywhere. I made sure to look at, as closely as I could, but after not finding a cat, my cousin saw how freaked out I was. So he then told me that it was him that made the sound. But it wasn't as he still had a perplexed look to him. Mm. I was right next to him and the cat's meow didn't even sound like it was coming from right next to me. It sounded like it came from farther away. But as I mentioned from our left side, the area didn't have overgrown bush or weed. So there was nowhere for a cat to hide. As I mentioned, I looked as good as I could. Uh, but nothing. My cousin tried to play it off, but his face definitely looked a bit spooked, yet noticeably bluffing. So it seemed like the friend or his cousin said, no, it was me, but really he was bluffing. So right. there was some sort of a phantom meow going on as well. Yeah. Um, but if you can hear a moan or get that message that you're not welcome in that area and you hear it, then and no one else does, then yeah, you want to possibly leave and just take that as a warning and just you know jot that down yeah <laughs> make a note of that um <laughs> just make a note of that but um i'm sure because you know whatever's there is very upset with how badly taken care of the graveyard is um they're probably not happy with the way that their headstone has you know gone through some sort of vandalism especially with the cracked window I'm sure that when I was there, I possibly had something stolen and was like trying to protect its turf. So I believe like he definitely heard something and whatever was there was like fed up with what was going on outside. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's interesting that it was like interacting with a thought he had that wasn't an action, but even just mm-hmm. the idea of like, or even an acknowledgement that someone could vandalize that area was enough to like get that reaction. Right. Right. So <laughs> a ghost it definitely can- spooked him. <laughs> yeah. And his cousin, I, you know, the cousin trying to play it off like, no, that was me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> that's nice it's a good cousin but ooh. yeah it's probably a lechuza meowing at them who knows no. <laughs> so we're gonna close it off with this awesome story we got from a listener i think it's leela and it's it's a really good story it, it it is a testament like we've mentioned so many times before that our loved ones always like to come in and let us know that they're there, that they're watching over us. Yeah. And this one is a really good story. If you get Im- emotional, don't worry, you're not alone. Because uh, Bryce and I will probably end up crying by the end of this. All right. Talk today. I'll cry over anything. That's great. <laughs> I've been crying over so. I hate watching the TikToks of the dogs that pass away when they Girl. show their happy puppy or cat. I'm like, yep. no. When I look at the hashtags rainbow bridge i'm like no i have to like just scroll through them now i can't anymore i look at mia and i'm like crying and she's like what are you crying about like i'm like all right this story is called the visitation Ooh. hey guys my name is layla suede i live in the san francisco bay area <laughs> Um, I am originally a Southern California girl born and raised in Huntington Beach, Um, but um, I have lots of ghost stories to tell, but I decided I'd ease Miss Bryce into this uh, with a sentimental story about uh, dream visitation, uh, my first from my father. Um, I will try my best not to get emotional (laughs) during this, but um, I figured since it was coming up on the one-year anniversary of his passing, that sharing this story um, would be cathartic for me. Um, And hopefully um, to help others who may have lost somebody uh, within the past year or so. But um, my dad... (laughs) passed away on April 22nd, 2020. And um, it was a little bit of a surprise. He had been battling cancer, but we uh, did not know it was where it was. He was still going to treatments. The doctors were adjusting medications, uh, you know, things like that. Um, So it was actually one day when he was leaving a cancer treatment he was getting into my mom's car and fell and broke his hip. So he did have to undergo surgery. Um, he was unable to walk. He was put into a treatment facility, a care facility in Huntington Beach. Um, of course, because of COVID, we weren't allowed to be with him or visit him. Uh, only my mother was allowed to stand at the window of his room and hold up a sign and tell him she loved him. Um, while he was there, the nursing staff and doctors uh, kept approaching my mom asking about hospice care for him, situations like that. Um, in our experience, hospice care uh, it comes at the end of your life. So she was very confused 
uh, we were all confused about why they were asking about hospice. But we did find out that um, my dad's cancer had metastasized so greatly that he was already in a rapid decline and we weren't aware of it. So we did decide to do a hospice care and he was able to come home. Um, so I was able to go home about four days before past and um, spend some time with him, tell him over and over how much we loved him, what a good daddy he was. We prayed over him. We watched his favorite movie. His last meal was almost a whole tub of coffee ice cream <laughs> of all the things. Um, and when we heard my dad take his last breath, it was it felt like a blessing and a curse. Um, we were all there with him. We got to say goodbye and sent him to heaven uh, with all of our love. A few days later, when I came back up to the Bay Area, I had a dream. Um, I am engaged, and one of the hardest things to think about selfishly when my dad passed was that he wouldn't be walking me down the aisle or having my daddy-daughter dance at my wedding. So in my dream, because dreams are weird, (laughs) the first part of it was my dad was back home in his bed, in his hospital gown, and it was a mistake. He hadn't passed away. He got to wherever he went and he was still alive and he came back home. Um, so weird part <laughs> over. Uh, but in my dream, he got up and he walked over to me and asked me to dance. Etta James's At Last was a song I had always wanted to walk down the aisle to. So in my dream, we slow danced to At Last while I sang it to him and gave him a kiss on the cheek. He told me he loved me, and then I woke up. So when I woke up, first, I was heartbroken because it wasn't real. But second, I was elated because I knew that was my dad's way of telling me he was okay, that he could walk, he could dance, he could be with me whenever he needed to be or whenever I needed to have him on the other side. And that made me feel so much better. Um, When we moved into our new home, we moved in, my fiance and I moved into our new home a month later, um, and I was sitting on the couch. One of my cats assumed the meerkat position, as I call it, <laughs> uh, staring intently into the hallway, watching, just watching something. And all of a sudden, I just got this huge whiff of cigar smoke. Uh, my dad was a cigar aficionado. He rolled tobacco or grew tobacco and rolled cigars in our home. And you never saw my father without a cigar in his mouth and two more waiting in his pocket. Um, So my fiance and I both also smoke cigars because of my dad. Um, But when I smelled the cigar smoke, I looked around and asked my fiance, did did he go smoke a cigar? And he said, no, I've been in here the whole time. Um, This is a brand new home. We are the first people to live in it. So it wasn't a residual smoke from maybe previous tenant. Um, I I told him to come over and I said, I smell smoke. I smell cigars. I smell cigars. And he came over and he said, I do too. And just as quickly as it came, it left. 
and he told me that was your dad. He came, he, he came to see your new house and to be with you on your first night in your new home. And that was another wonderful thing of him to do. So, um, anyway, that's a couple of my stories. Um, I hope to send in some more ghost stories, a little bit more creepiness. Uh, but for now, something a little sentimental. Um, I hope all the Holly weirdos out there are saying, staying safe. If anybody else is dealing with a loss during this time, um, my heart goes out to you. Um, and know they're always with you. They'll find a way to let you know they're okay. So thank you guys and uh, enjoy. I hope you enjoyed the story. Bye. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> it's it's such a sweet tale. Such a sweet tale. But yeah, our loved ones always are going to cry. <laughs> our loved ones always come back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yes. their love for us doesn't stop. You know, it doesn't change. So, that, like, her dad wanting to, like, make sure she's okay and check in on her. Like, that didn't change. That will never change. I always believe it, that our loved ones always come back. And it's so, it's such a coincidence that a lot of these stories that we're sharing today are, are of loved ones yes. who seem like they're coming back to visit, you know, their family. And they're leaving, you know, personal sense of theirs, you know, yeah. just to acknowledge their presence. which. Yeah. I'm a firm believer of, you know, whether it's a it's a family member or a fur family member. I'm always of the belief that they're always going to make their like their way to communicate and contact with you. But that was such a beautiful story. Thank you so much. Like that. I mean, like I didn't want to cry, but (laughs) (laughs) it's just such it's just such an amazing story. Like your dad is there. Your dad is there watching over you and I'm sure he's super proud of you. I would highly recommend and this is just pers- this is me personally because I'm going to do this this week in honor of my grandmother mm-hmm. but leave him always like a leave him something on a table like a piece of candy for your father it could possibly even be cigar. If you leave mm-hmm. him a cigar say next to a picture of him he would really appreciate that. Little gifts, you know. Uh, on your little personal ofrenda for my grandmother for some reason I've been feeling her a lot lately and I've been getting a lot of people reaching out to me separate people that don't know each other telling me that they've been really sensing my grandmother I'm like yeah she's been coming to my mind a lot something was even pushing me to make her favorite dessert which is like Rice Krispie Treats. She loved Rice Krispie Mm -hmm. Treats. So something was like telling me (laughs) I should make her some in honor of my grandmother and I'm sure she'll like that. But, yeah, I've been sensing something, again, in my apartment. And, of course, like, it's been confirmed by three separate people that do not know each other. That is um, crazy. And who have told me, this is your grandmother. And, you know, at first I'm like, oh, I'm, yeah, I mean, okay, everybody knows that, you know, my grandmother has passed. But they were pointing out certain characteristics of her that no one would know. So <laughs> I'm like, yeah, she would say, she, damn it, she would say that. She would say that. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but that is, um, 
that is such a good story. It's it's very heartbreaking, and our hearts do go out to you. If you need Bryce to walk you down the aisle, he would definitely do that. Oh my God! If you <laughs> wedding, I will cry at your wedding. It does not matter if I know the bride and groom, the bride. He will if I don't know the cry. couple. Uh, yes. Yeah, I just cry. I literally the second music starts playing all the way until the I do's, I just cry the whole time. Really, really. Him walking down the aisle, be the flower girl. He will yep. be perfect. <laughs> I volunteer. But we do raise our glasses filled with ice cream coffee yes. or iced coffee in honor of your father, and yes. know that you know he's always looking out after you. And that's so sweet that yes, we've gone through so much loss recently this year, and you're not alone. And always remember that those loved ones are always nearby. Just call out to them, and you never know. They might come and give you a little visit. Yeah. Throw a little scent in the air. If Mia passes away, I think I will smell her farts. She would smell of farts and doggy treats. (laughs) I think that would be her her way of communicating with me. She's communicating. You're so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Now I want to some coffee ice cream. I need it. I know. I have ice cream, but I don't think I have coffee flavored. Mm. Well, guys, that is the rest of our <laughs> listeners' tale. We got a little emotional towards the end, but that was just—I know that was just a—that was just a beautiful ending. And also, I just also want to point this out that you know, when it comes to ghost stories, when it comes to the paranormal, it's not always negative. Like, there's yeah. always a positive there. And I feel like you know, with the way that Hollywood has displayed and portrayed the community as being something that is consumed by negative entities yeah. or demons, it is not one hundred percent that way. No. There's so much good, just as much as there is, you know, bad out there. But I know a lot of us always want to hear like the 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 crazy horror stories, you know, yeah. that comes of it. It's like it's not all it's not always like that. So. Yeah. Yeah, but these were great stories, guys. Keep them coming so we can throw out another listener's tale as well. And we just want to say thank you to everyone who has submitted. And thank you to everyone that is listening. Once again, if you have a scary story or an unusual story, an alien story, send it our way. Send it to HollyWeirdParanormal at gmail.com. We would love to have Bryce read it and be scared. (laughs) scared and dramatic it's the two things I do best (laughs) also if you love Hollywood Paranormal and you have a little time to spare please head on over to our Apple Podcasts and give us an awesome rating a five star rating if possible please don't be too Karen on the rating what are you going to do you know we're just two girls in the city trying to make our way through a global pandemic we're doing our best yes talking about those and iced coffees, which is, I, I mean, yeah. I'm here for. I'm here for. I'm here for. You know. Yeah. And also, guys, if you want to stalk us, you can stalk us on our website, which is www.hollyweirdparanormal.com. You can read our bios. You can also tune tune into past episodes and seasons. You can also venture our merch store, and you can also head on over to our Patreon page, which is www.patreon.com forward slash Hollywood Paranormal and just for as little as one dollar or more per month could be one two or three months four months five months you could cancel at any time but we appreciate anything a little does go a long way Bryce will 
record himself dancing <laughs> on a piano <laughs> to Judy Garland. So there you go. I will. In fact, I have a yeah. whole one-man show of it. It's great. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and for our recent Patreon members, we just have a few to thank. And I just also want to let you guys know um, there was a delay on your goodie bags. It's because I noticed that we ran out of coasters and a few pins, so I had to replenish that. And also, I found these a beautiful thank you cards. I don't want to say anything because they're really cool. You're going to want to frame them. They're really, really cute. They're specially made for our patrons. I just found this artist and you're just going to like them when you get them. They're worth the wait. But we just wanted to thank our new, our new patrons. We have Leila Suede, Inaka Van Liro. Inaka, we butchered your name. We're sorry. We're sorry, girl. We're sorry. Jen Wiedner. And Dr. Shiloh, our girl over at LA Not So Confidential. Thank you so much, guys. So if you want to stalk us somewhere, you can find us at Hollywood Paranormal on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram, and and on Twitter at HWP Podcast. All right, guys, stay tuned for our next episode. We're still planning on it, and we'll be a surprise, possibly with a surprise guest, of yeah. course. And... Always remember to stay healthy and yes. well. Most yes. of all, stay holly weird. Bryce, do you have anything you want to say? Some words of encouragement. Bye. That's encouraging, right? Bye, guys. <laughs> stay holly weird and have a good day, month, year, hour, 30 mm. minutes. All right. Take care and see you later, friends. <laughs>